Hi, and welcome to Point of Origin, episode 12, the podcast where we get to start arguing over what counts as a death in this show. Ah, shit. <laughs> shit. You know, like, <laughs> I was kind of joking. Like, ah, shit, that's gonna be so hard. No, seriously. It's just us. I have a very firm opinion, and we'll get to it later, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, you have a very firm opinion. What do you not have a firm opinion? I, don't, I can't even imagine you not having a firm opinion. Not that it's a bad thing. It just, <laughs> there like are to- some things that I don't care enough about to form an opinion. Right, but that's just a lack of an opinion, not a, not a, not a, not a soft opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if someone says, blah, 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 yeah, sure, I'll accept that. <laughs> but not for this. Now, I have an opinion, and we'll get to it. Like, we'll see if we agree or disagree. I don't want to spoil the surprise for either of us, really. <laughs> we'll find out at the end. Cool. <laughs> I'm excited. I like how 90% of me saying I'm excited in this particular this show dread. is me just going, yay. <laughs> Hey, last time it was the Stargate Man thing, and that was fun. True. I told you when I do it, it's, it's I do I do nice surprises. True. No, no you're, you're not wrong. I just mm. live in fear. <laughs> it's true. Right. <laughs> I'm reading. Hey, you know you're the only one who's tired. <laughs> Intro. Intro. Hi, I'm Liz, <laughs> and I'm Mel. <laughs> You can say intro, and I was like, you did intro. It's <laughs> not intro. Introducing. I think of intro. I, I, okay, this is, when I hear intro, I think. Opening. Opening. And then I hear introduction. <laughs> I think people. Next time I'll just say, what's your name? I don't know. So I'm Mel. And I'm Liz. Yeah, there we go. And we're both very tired. <laughs> uh, and today we're going to be uh, reviewing episode 11 fire and water cool title actually i'm sorry it is. it's just one of those titles it's not like it's an unknown it's not like it's a not a common kind of title for different shows mm-hmm. but uh some things just always check off my box and fire and water just sounds cool yeah and it's got like a, a surface level um translation uh meaning ah. that's what it is it's got a surface level isn't, meaning isn't really wrong um but then it's also like what do you think about like the conflict of the two scenes going on in the the whole time it's it's got it's a good it's a good title mm-hmm. it's better than like oil and water because oil and water sounds yeah. gross yeah. yeah yeah apparently the episode was originally named funeral for a friend oh no i know right it's like chill <laughs> calm down guys okay so the synopsis for this episode is the sg1 team is transported to a planet of opposites what <laughs> what <laughs> So are you reading the right one? Yes! <laughs> I think they genuinely did pay middle schoolers to write these. That sounds like... Okay, you know how Madoka Magica, yeah. the theme, has absolutely nothing to do with the show? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't tell them about it? Mm-hmm. It's like if you told a kid, hey, our episode's called this, and they give it, okay, and just started writing. I don't... Sure, okay, sure, 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 sure. The SG-1 team is transported to a planet of opposites. The home... Of the sole survivor of an aquatic race, Teal'c, O'Neill, and Carter return to Earth shell-shocked and disturbed. Can the team recover to find Daniel and attempt a rescue? That is incoherent. <laughs> that is that is not. <laughs> there's so much wrong with that. Like I can't. They're even trying begin. to build a mystery when right. the mystery they're trying to build in the synopsis is introduced in the first minute of the episode. Yeah, that's just weird. Like, what happened to Daniel on the planet? It's in the first 30 seconds! Yes. I don't like that. (laughs) I think that's my new worst synopsis. 
Planet of Opposites. <laughs> so bad. It's just so wrong. <laughs> Not that I didn't believe you, but I had to see it for myself. And it's just... It's... I'm convinced they paid middle schoolers. I mean... Actually, that one is probably from a precocious elementary school. Precocious? No, precocious. <laughs> Listen, that's another one of those words that I read forever and ever, and nobody says that word out loud. I like precocious. It's cautious perchance. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> perchance to dream. Perchance to be careful. Perchance to be cautious. Oh, I like it. I like how the special feature, by the way, is a profile on General Hammond. Oh, sorry. I thought I said the General Hammond. I was like, that ship hasn't been built for, like, seasons. (laughs) (laughs) No, not yet. No, no. It's just on our favorite general. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it was called General Hammond first. It was uh, renamed after uh, the guy died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, (laughs) with that in mind. Hey. With that in mind, let's go watch this episode of Opposites. (laughs) No, it's the planet of Opposites. Sorry. Let's go watch this episode that has a planet of opposites. <laughs> Except, you know, what? I don't, I don't even know where it came from. Um, from the, 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 the magma and the water. Yeah, but that's not a planet of opposites. No, it's dumb. That's just a planet. I'm not saying it's not dumb, but I'm telling you that's where it came from. But that's just a planet. Yeah. Like, have you paid attention? Has any, has the person, all the people who signed off on that, obviously never I've paid only attention. been to one planet. Yeah, well, obviously, yes. Yeah. You don't fucking say. <laughs> what I meant was they haven't paid attention to basic astronomy. <laughs> well, they've only been to one planet. What do you want from them? For them to have paid attention to basic astronomy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's go watch this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode, even if the synopsis was Yeah, garbage. no, it's still a good episode. I guess I'll remember it being good. Even that beginning, even when they're like, they're all just so ridiculous and overacting. Over, when they're doing their, their telenovela acting. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, y'all kind of pull it off. You can't, you can't not and, pull and off extreme overacting. Like, mm-hmm. when we get to recapping the episode, their overacting makes sense when you, when it, when it's all that's, that's why it's, that's out. why it's done. Yeah. It's done well, I mean. That's why that's it's why done. That's why it's done. <laughs> End sentence. <laughs> Yeah, I'm especially thinking Amanda Tapping just goes yeah. overboard. What I remember specifically is her like her confusion face yeah. with like her hair. Yes. And she's just like raking <laughs> it. <laughs> That's what I remember distinctly from this. Oh god. So like I said, I, that part there's no dread. I'm just excited. Yeah. No, no. Like I said, I like this episode. I'm excited. I'm excited for the conversation we're gonna have to have at the end too. <laughs> I didn't realize how many episodes of um Supernatural she directed. I was just rewatching it the other day episodes and it's like oh man tapping man tapping man tapping man tapping did she she directed a lot wow of it. she's not just in it she actually directed a fair amount dang yeah that's like speaking of good acting <laughs> she also does good directing mm-hmm. cool let's go watch it oh we're back we're back was well, yeah it's pretty much what i remembered it actually yeah, this is one of them that wasn't really like, surprising one thing that's been interesting about uh, doing this podcast is that going back to revisit season one and, like, paying enough attention to, like, take notes and, you know, pay attention to directing and writing choices and all that kind of stuff, I'm remembering season one a lot more fondly than I have before. But this one was always something I was fond of. So, like, I don't think I was ever really fond of this episode. It, it existed. <laughs> I didn't really... It existed in my mind. I didn't really 
care one way or the mm-hmm. other on it. I still don't. Like, it's not <laughs> a bad or, you know, particularly great episode. That being said, it is fonder in my mind because of the directing. The directing is good. Which, yeah. it's a pity. This is the only one he ever does. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, is, this is his only All right. one. Well, I'll use that as a jumping off point. Um, the director for this episode is Alan Eastman. Yeah. And yeah, Why there didn't were you come some, back, bitch? There were some really good moments um, that we noticed with him. We'll get to them when they happen. But the writer for this is the story itself, like the story concept, uh, was Brad Wright and Catherine Powers. Brad Wright was pretty apparent in the writing. Yeah. And then the teleplay was Catherine Powers. But nothing offensive about it, so I'm good. No. Well, that's because um, Sam didn't interact with the right. women. Right. <laughs> I had like little like I need sarcastic maracas. Like they're I'm gonna get maracas that are solely for like just yay <laughs> sarcastic woo <laughs> Like I was kidding but now I kinda wanna do it. Oh god. No, don't even get real maracas, just get those like eggs. Those aren't maracas? Because, like, maracas are like the uh, handle, I guess. But the eggs have like a more hollow <laughs> plastic sound to them. There you go. So like more like satirical. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Don't get like real hipster maracas. maracas. Yeah. Let me get hipster maracas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be ironic. There we go. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, start from the top. I liked how this episode starts with Walter walking into the yeah. room. Yeah, I was just, I was like, oh, okay, someone cool. who doesn't even have a name yet at yeah, this point. No, he's still just Chevron guy. Yeah, it seems like your average. Uh, yeah, it's some little thing. background thing. He's like saying, yeah, the readings for this new planet seem pretty favorable, and Ham's like, okay, cool, we'll get SG four to go through, and blah, blah, and they're just having like a discussion. Yeah, you're, and then you're, in the middle routine, of that, routine. here we go. It's like a routine conversation in Stargate Command. And then in the middle of that, there's an alarm going off that there's someone dialing in from off world, and they do the whole. Is anyone scheduled to come back? No. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> All of a sudden, it goes from like kind of hurrying to oh no, hurrying. So then they go to the the, uh, the computers, and they get the code that comes back that says SG one. And they're like, "Well, that's supposed to be back yet." <laughs> and they say how, and I think even at that point, Hammond says, "How long have they been over there?" Yeah, I do like how they're like everyone kind of stops for a moment to do like your comical head twisting, like, "Wait, what? Why? <laughs> they're not supposed to be back yet?" Oh no! Yeah, well, <laughs> and I do like that they already set up right now. The Hammond's like. How long have they been over so far? Like, oh, only three right. hours. <laughs> yeah. So we know they've been over for like three hours. And then Sam, Jack, and Teal return through and they're soaked and looking shell-shocked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yawning. <laughs> how dare you? I know. Um, now, I do like how uh, it's kind of funny. So out of the three of them, the men have their heads like down. Yeah. And then, so all you really see is Sam's, you know, shocked expression, which isn't bad. Like, her acting is great and everything. Well, she's got really wide eyes, so they probably, you know, went into that. Plus, this is gonna sound sexist, and maybe it is, maybe it's not, I don't know. The female face demonstrates emotion a little better, in my opinion, because we have, like, more, like, like softer features, a little more delicate Mm -hmm. features. Um, That's just a fact. So she's able to kind of present it in the more, like, sad fucked up kind of way. Yeah. Where the, as the guys are, you know, are not not that they're not sad or fucked up about it, it's just that they present it differently. So it makes more sense for her to be that she's not not just the one who's heads up, but she's also in the center. Yeah. So like it draws the eye. Mm-hmm. So you just, you look at that and go, oh shit. <laughs> Shit's happened. Well, it just makes me think of, um, you know, Hitchhiker's Gotta Galaxy, yeah, the movie. The, uh, the point of view gun. When she starts using it on Zaphod because he's been an asshole. Yep. Uh, and she's just trying to, like, 
Yeah, he wouldn't listen to her if she just said it. So she's just shooting him so that he's saying it for her. And then at one point after she finally stops communicating all of her frustrations through the gun, she puts it down. And then Zaphod picks it up like, okay, payback time, and starts to point it at her. And she just goes, it won't work. I'm already a woman. (laughs) I mean, it's accurate. It was such a good line from that movie. Yeah. But yeah, so there you go. Some things are just, you know, that's just the way they are. And, yeah. But I do like how, like you, you, like you said, the eye, the eye is drawn to her. You f- you see the the pain and the scared mm-hmm. and all the shock and everything on her face. But the fact that Teal'c and Jack's heads are down. Well, because they handling shut it, down. Exactly. It's a different, it's a different, ma- They're different manifestation. They're distancing themselves yeah. from the no, emotions. It's, it's a very different manifestation, but it's just as um It makes well sense done. for the character. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just as well, um... Trade? Yeah, I'm trying to know. It, it's just as good of a way to show it. Um, not just from like a different gender perspective, mm-hmm. but you know, your round, full roundabout way of showing all the different ways of uh, scope. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not you just talk- don't like any words. I don't think my brain knows what words are, okay, so it's, it's just it's it's a feeling. I just need a point of view gun. I, I, when I can't <laughs> think of it, I'll just point at somebody. They can be like, "Oh, this thing." It's like, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> point of view gun is about emotions, not words. That's the thing is, emotions are trying to become words. <laughs> You just had a part during the show where you were mad that they were describing yeah, knowledge as feeling. But that whole point here is that I don't have knowledge because I can't think of the fucking words. <laughs> Alright, so basically, um, they're all shell-shocked. Hammond's like, where's Daniel? And Jack does a really dramatic delivery of, Daniel's dead, sir. It is very dramatic. <laughs> and that's the uh, commercial cut, I would yep. assume. <laughs> that's the fish dude. Yeah, I can see it, actually. Yeah. Oh, my God! Yeah, I know. Yep, yep. <gasps> it's the yep. same guy! Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. He did a much better job the second time, I would say. Yeah, I also like how he had an English accent in that other, um, in Broken Divide. But, but he he's Irish. A, yeah, that's weird. He's from Dublin, so he's, like, uber Irish. He looks Irish, to right? be honest. Yeah, we tend to. <laughs> <laughs> my, my face is toned down by my Canadian. Honestly, I feel like my dad really toned down my face a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have been, like, super Irish looking. Like, I've had people look at me and go, like, yeah, it's not that you look like a potato, but you also don't look like you're not a potato. <laughs> I, like, literally had someone tell me that once. <laughs> it's not that you look like a potato, but you also don't not look like a potato. <laughs> you want to like, something great? Do you know what my nickname was as a child? Oh, God, do I want to know? Potato. All right. It's like, all right, cool. I am a tuber. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's get to the, back to the episode. God, how did how are we getting so distracted for this one? It's us. <laughs> I know. This is even a question. This is par for the course. Okay. Um. So then they're uh in the medical. Hi, Troy. Don't. God damn it. Bumping the shit out of those cables. <laughs> so basically, uh, they cut to uh the medical uh room, and Sam's getting pi- blankets piled on top of her. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad she wasn't actually in shock, because she must have been dying in shock. (laughs) But they're all trying to, like, relay what happened through their shock, and Sam, specifically, uh, when she's explaining what happened, she says, there was a scream, there was fire, Daniel yelled for help, there was a scream, and then he was gone. Yep. And I specifically wrote down that order, because, like, the order of events thing becomes kind of important later on. (laughs) Um, and then, meanwhile, uh, Jack, uh, shows signs of photosensitivity. Yeah. I like how they kind of present that as if it's gonna be, like, a, 
oh, that's how you know later kind of thing. So they never actually really bring it up. They, they, she kind of explains it away with like, oh, it could be a result. insinuated. Right, but that's the thing. Is like they, they, well, what it's I, almost what like I a drop think, plot line. No, because here's the thing. I think that, um, I think you're supposed to read that through the visual clues. Oh, yeah. Because when you see um, later on, you know, what actually caused it, right. there's a lot of lights and it like, no, makes sense. It does it. make sense. It's just... It was just, what I mean by that is that they spend a lot of time, like, ex- describing it and explaining it, and the other things, they fully explain and describe, like, how it, like, ends up being mm-hmm. part of everything. Well, I mean, this is just supposed to be an initial right, suspicion. Right, right, but it's just one, it was just, and it's it not was even really a it was one thing that they didn't kind of follow through on. I'm not really, it's, it's just a little tiny detail, it's just interesting to me that they brought this thing up, re-mentioned it a couple times, and then just never mentioned I it again. I think, too, um, if they wanted to verbally tie it back instead of just letting the the audience rely on the visual cues to understand where that came in, they would have needed a whole other five minutes in the oh, episode. Oh, no. I, I'm not, it makes sense yeah. why they drop it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't always. But it's just that moment of, like, well, guys. Because that one would have taken time to explain right. verbally. Yeah, but it's just, I just found it interesting that they, they put so much focus on it just to not do anything with it. It's well, like, it's like, guys, when you're, when you're formi- formi- you know, formulating an episode, when you're doing all this stuff, just do me a favor and don't start filming until you've <laughs> ironed out the details of it. Because like, mentioning it once is one thing. I would argue that this is thing. a detail. That's the thing. This episode is all about progressions, because if you notice, they start by talking about this, yeah. then they move on to other things. Mm-hmm. They don't backtrack. It's just a steady progression of things. So they're not going to backtrack to something they talked about in the beginning as, like, oh, blah, 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 because we already have the proof. No. We don't need to explain no. why this happened. I know. I know. I know. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. It's just that there's, like, three other things they bring up that they mention as part of their progression thing that are later also mentioned again as part of a tie-up. And that's just that's not because one. it was part of the hypno- hyp- yeah, hypnosis thing. Yeah, I know. But that's, that's my point. <laughs> I'm just mentioning... You can't... I'm not... <laughs> my whole thing is you can describe it all you want. My point remains that it's just something that they dropped. <laughs> I, I don't think they did. No, I, think I think they it, did. Photosensitivity is only in the beginning. It's gone after a while. Why would they keep talking about it after it's gone? The bubbles thing keeps that's, happening. That's, that, that, that's my point. It's the fact that it's just gone. Yeah, because it's an it's a temporary thing. It's not going to keep being a thing. It was then because they just come back from what happened to cause it. That's not something that's gonna last over a week or whatever. But that's the thing is it does. Not <laughs> when it's conditioned like that, like no, not it, conditioned, it but um like I am seeing where our breakdown is here. Photosensitivity doesn't just go away. That's what I'm saying. No, but I'm <laughs> arguing that since it wasn't from, like, a natural source, it could. No, that's not how your retinas work. <laughs> that's just not how retinas work. <laughs> that's just literally not how retinas work. <laughs> I would say Catherine Powers doesn't know that. Well, yeah, that's my point. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Okay, so I'm you're just... just arguing about the med- You should have said you were arguing about the medical. You were talking about it like it was a plot point. It's a medical plot point. <laughs> no, it's a factual inaccuracy. There's a oh difference. Oh my god. But they bring it up as if it is a plot point. <laughs> they integrate because it into the, the story. Because the fact that they had photosensitivity in the beginning was a plot point. Your problem with it is that it lasted oh. shorter than is medically accurate. Yeah, Those then why bring it up? Things. No, they're not. It's the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> if you're going to put something in as a, as a plot point, do it correctly. <laughs> 
You're asking a lot out of Catherine Powers. I'm not asking a lot out of people. They've You're put asking a lot out of Catherine put, Powers. They put real fucking Air Force personnel in this. They couldn't That's read. That's not Catherine Powers. They couldn't job. read three sentences extra into a medical textbook. Sorry. <laughs> I would argue Catherine Powers hasn't cracked open a medical textbook in her life. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so let's go on and move on to the actual thing. So, right before Jack's gonna leave the, the medical area, he seems to, like, pause like he's gonna say something to Janet. And it's a, it's a significant pause. Long enough that even Janet kind of gives him a look like, yes. yeah? <laughs> and then he just shakes his head and walks off. Then they're having the debriefing about what happened. It's doing this really good thing where it's, like, cutting between all of them, like, interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll start with one person talking about it, and then in the middle of them talking about it, it'll cut to someone else picking up from that. I like that. No, it's good. But it's showing all of them doing their debriefings separately, but it's not showing them all, like, linear and, like... It's making me think of um, the debriefings in Continuum. <laughs> Alright. I love the debriefing scene in Continuum. It's been a while, so I can't remember exactly, but yeah. Well, the debriefing scene in Continuum does that at first, and then at one point, it winds up actually doing, like, a little bit of tile screening, but only when they're all saying the same exact thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I vaguely remember that. And then it ends with Daniel just, like, completely sassing the people interviewing him. Yeah, sounds about right. You can describe most things that involve Daniel with yeah. sassing the shit out of somebody. Like, like this episode. Yeah. I like, only Daniel could sass the shit out of his kidnapper. Yes. I mean. Okay. So, um, well, obviously he can't do that now. He's, he's dead. dead. He's dead, yeah. No, he burned up. Yeah. So they're having a debriefing, and there's an interesting point uh, when it cuts Daniel, not Daniel, Jack at one point, where he says that when- I'm seeing this in ten years, still fucking oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> um, where it cuts to Jack saying that Daniel, when he was crying for help, said, Colonel, help me. Yeah, that's right. You're right. My notes. Are, I wrote that first down. Clue. I know, and you even see Hammond when he says that. Hammond does like a little double take. Like he didn't say he dad. He doesn't say anything, but you can see in his face that he's going. Daniel's never called you Colonel in his life. I know. It's like I'm really. Are you sure? Does he know your rank? Are you sure about this, right. Jack? Be like. Yeah. But he doesn't bring it up because everyone's obviously traumatized, and that would be a bad time to bring that up. And then uh, by the end of the briefings, Hammond tries to reassure them, like, look, we'll send another team through to retrieve his body so we can have a proper burial. And in the middle of him saying that, Jack gets, like, violently like, no! no. It's too dangerous to go back over there. I do like how he says no, and even he just kind of stops for a second. Like, his face kind of yeah, goes like, that was loud. Yeah, because he's like... <laughs> He's very sharp and loud about it. So instinctive. What's great is that, like, the acting in this, like, every time that they're, like, shell-shocked, it's, like, overacted, like we were talking about in the beginning. But any time that um, someone brings up, like, going back, when they say no or we can't do that, it's always yanked out of them. Mm-hmm. Like, condition like they weren't saying it. And then... Yeah, there it is. One second. Troy, get over here and shut up. <laughs> No, she just wants attention. Troy. Okay, bye. <laughs> She's gonna you know, sulk under the bed. Yeah, bye. Okay, um, and then we get the amazing tracking shot. <laughs> Troy, go under the bed, you little bitch. She's paused right inside. Okay. Of course she is. <laughs> Alright, so then we get a scene where um, Janet is describing all of their health to Hammond and, like, outlining all of the little things like the photosensitivity and their shock 
And then she's worried about them having post-traumatic stress responses to the whole thing. And what's great about the scene is the entire time she's talking to him, it's one long tracking shot. No, I, 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 I lost my shit on that. You, you saw me. I was just yeah. like, dude, it's still going. Dude, it's still going. Dude, it's still going. This is why I like single camera. <laughs> it was probably about two minutes long. Yeah. Literally, it's one of my favorite things about uh, Serenity. It's because of like, how the ship's like all narrow and everything. Like a lot of the bridge shots or like whatever, whatever shots... It tends, to, it tends to have to kind of be single camera. Mm-hmm. Like, they still have match cuts, you know, depending on the situation. Yeah. But you have a lot of longer shots because you of the narrow environment. So that narrow walkway environment mm-hmm. they had going on. That was great. Like, this scene starts with the camera already down below the steps. So it's kind of cool angled. And then they start walking down towards the camera. And the camera just starts pulling away. Yeah. It, was, it was well done. You could tell it was on one of those um, trolley things. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't a It was handheld. nice and smooth. Yeah, it was. The whole thing was smooth. And honestly, it says... A lot about today. I honestly think a lot of actor acting this, these days. Not I. I know there's. I'm, I know this is probably somewhat inaccurate. I know plenty mm-hmm. of actors are probably still really good at acting, but it doesn't say a lot about actors today or our faith in them that we can't let them just do one long take mm-hmm. of lines. Because Jesus Christ, the way the way cuts are done nowadays is like they have like three lines, if that, yeah. before a cut happens, and it's like, what you can't just you can't memorize a long line of dialogue. Nope. Jesus. Calm down, guys. Get better. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna channel my inner Dark Souls here. Get good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, here, you had two actors who did one long take just fine. Mm-hmm. Right, it wasn't like it was really complicated, obviously, but it doesn't need to be. Well, I mean, Janet's saying medical jargon. Exactly. And they're having a full conversation. You have to walk down while you're doing People you are not- walking in between yeah, there's them. that one part where they're coming around the corner and a serviceman, like, cuts in front of them real quick. Like, natural mm-hmm. feel. It felt... It was the most natural feeling thing I've ever seen in this show so far. Yeah. No, it was real good. I loved it. it oh, I say it a thousand times every fucking episode, but all I need are these little things. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's that, it's that, it was really the serviceman cutting in front of them that really sold it. Yeah, me. that, you got really excited then. It's, first off, you have to cue that exactly yeah. right. You have to do your mark right, you have to do your timing right. You can't, um, okay, so you, I, actually, I feel like there might, this might have been an editing thing. Mm-hmm. They might have um, edited it to make it look like it was that, but it could have been timed really well. I always kind of thought it was timed well. Uh, field of Dreams. Yeah. There's a scene where the uncle comes in and he starts crossing across the baseball field as these oh, guys are well, pitching. The base- oh, and the yeah, guy that pitches scene and the guy, so the batter misses good. it because yes. the uncle comes across and it's like, you can see him going after him like, you bitch. Because he literally crosses the front right as the pitch is happening. And that was like terrifying timing. <laughs> it's that kind of shit. Like, I yeah. need those good cues. And then you have like, um, Star Trek First Contact. I love Field of Dreams. <laughs> I love Star Trek First Contact. I do. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't film quite right for the aspect ratio or something because you can see at one time when Barkley comes up to, um, talk to, um, no, oh, the guy who invented, uh, Warp. Drunk guy. Yeah. Um, the guy from Babe. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is Babe. <laughs> That's the guy from Babe. Um, Oh my god, that wow. is Zephyr him. Cochran, Cochran, Zephyr Cochran. When he's talking to uh, Cochran, there's this um, guy in a blue jumpsuit that you can see in like three different takes. He's obviously one extra to have him doing several ta- yeah. you know, things. But there's one where he's walking by and as the scene ends, you can see him waiting on his mark. Oh. And you can see him, and then you can see the moment he like nods to himself and starts walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate that kind of shit because it's like, okay, it was natural, but you didn't do it right. <laughs> so there's good examples and there's bad examples. <laughs> That's great. But it's all I need is these little things of, like, people walking around. Mm-hmm. This one was done right because the guy was way off camera when he started and cut across beautifully. Yeah, it was nice. But yeah, so that was a really great scene, and then it closes with Hammond going into the elevator and the doors closing, and Janet walking out of the frame of the camera with the camera still focused on the closed elevator doors. It was so really well done. a really good yeah. shot. Uh, and then the next thing we get it's is... It's weird how the highlight of the episode for us is this random dialogue <laughs> bit in the middle. <laughs> 
And then we get Daniel's Air Force funeral at the gate. Yeah, which, fun fact, and I remember, I actually, um, when we were watching, I said, I wonder how accurate mm-hmm. this is. Because I'm not in the Air Force, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't say perspe- uh, per se whether or not the actual memorial service is that accurate, but I would assume it is because, apparently, many of the servicemen present at Jackson's memorial service were actual United States Air Force personnel. Yeah, from what I... Don't quote me on this, but I think I looked this up before, and I think they actually pretty regularly have um I remember real that, personnel. kind of. I kind of remember that. Like, they they interacted pretty well with, um... With the Air Force. With the Air Force on this. Yeah, no, I kind of remember we talked about that once before, a long time ago. But, for the life of me, I don't know. We've talked about a lot of things. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. We do talk a lot about things. But yeah, so they're having his, um... His funeral at the gate, and it's everyone's in there. They're dressed blues, and they're folding the flag up, and Tilk's in a jumpsuit because he doesn't have any formal have, wear. Yeah, <laughs> but it's real solemn and everything. And I do love how um, I'm just gonna point out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it's still a thing too. It's just but Sam is a highly decorated vet. Yeah, she was in the Gulf mm-hmm. War. She's a pilot. She's everything that an Air Force awesome captain is and she's still in a fucking skirt oh yeah because even in this the air force is so sexist why the fuck are the women required to wear skirts as part of their dress uniform what the fuck is this like i just i i just don't understand gender clothing i just don't why is that something that we focus on why is that something that matters this is a memorial it doesn't matter if you're wearing a skirt why are dress blues not unisex <laughs> if you allow both women and men into your thing you should just give them the same fucking clothing that's the whole point isn't it is that they're all the same you're all the same you're all just infantrymen or servicemen or something and yet she's wearing a fucking skirt just i'm not arguing to defend for them yeah just but i do want to point out that they still wouldn't be able to just put out the same clothes because women are are fit differently yeah but They'd have to put out two different versions of the same clothes. You really they would. I wear men's clothes a- all the time. You can just wear smaller men's clothes. No, 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 because the fit is different around the hips or the chest. But that's and what I'm saying. especially for what I'm saying. formal wear, here's the thing. it has to be fitted. Fine, but here's the thing. So they, they still have to do a bunch of, like, seamstressing or whatever, yeah, right? No, no, like, to what? make skirts. No, listen. <laughs> I wasn't saying I was defending them. I was just, because you said, they can all wear the same thing. And I'm like, well, no, they can't. What I meant by that was they can all wear the same uniform. Like, yeah, yeah. obviously different fitting entirely. But you can still, that, that fabric can be fashioned into a skirt or it can be fashioned into pants. Why the fuck wouldn't you just make pants the uh, the go-to? They needed all that extra fabric for uh, Tilk's jumpsuit. Sure. Whatever. I'll take it. I just, because otherwise I'm never going to drop this topic. Because it just no, pisses me off. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. I just, I don't understand why. I, no, anyway, yeah, moving on. <laughs> it doesn't change. Just get over it. It's there in season 10. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just kidding. All right. So, they're having the funeral, and uh, Jax goes up to the podium and does a little speech, and... A very nice speech. He does a good yeah, job. Yeah, he, has he, something, he says something about how this place only exists because of Daniel, um, and then he says, Daniel was our voice, oh, because he's the diplomat slash linguist, and our conscience. Not to mention the fact that he was a civilian, so anything that they wanted to say but maybe couldn't, he just said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't even gotten there yet where he starts doing that for real. Um, but I just liked that he was our voice and our conscience. I thought that was really yeah, nice. Yeah, very sweet, very real. Mm-hmm. 
And then they take a wreath and they put it through the gate. Which I guess they did open the gate to the planet because just they, to put a wreath through. Yeah, because we were watching and I'm like, do they just have like one planet where anytime someone dies off planet, they send a wreath through to that planet? Which honestly makes so more sense. So there's just a planet with like 10 or 12 wreaths piled at the front. Honestly, it would have made more sense than go- gating to the planet that's like super dangerous. Like I know the thing can come through. Yeah. Because, you know, one way. I get that part, but it's still just like, it's a little weird. Like, we can't go back there, blah, blah, blah. We will dial it to put a wreath yes. through. Yes. But basically we decided they must have actually dialed to the same place because... As the wreath goes through the gate, like, the camera zooms in on the, the waveforms of the... The puddle. Yeah, the puddle. And then as it zooms in, it transitions to, like, a wavy sort of blue light over Daniel, who is still alive. Shock. I never would have seen it coming. It was only <laughs> so episode 11 surprised. of the show, so... You mean they didn't kill one of the two main characters in episode 11? It's not like he got killed in the movie or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like oh good and thus it begins <laughs> okay he's also wet like they were when they came through and he's in some clearly like alien looking room it's got like stone walls but like also weird plastic bits and just weirdly colored wavy lights over it. it's clearly an alien room yeah, that he's your, in. your little aqua cave yeah <laughs> everything a shit ton of evidence to prove that you are in fact in an aqua cave with weird science shit going on behind yeah, him. Yeah, oh yeah, it looks like he's in some sort of lab. Like laboratory, yeah. There's, like, equipment. And he's calling for his team, and obviously nobody's answering. Oh, it was so sweet. Just, Jack, Sam, Tilk, anybody? No. <laughs> it was just like, oh honey, this child, this poor child. Um, and then while he's calling for them, an alien comes through. Yep. Some sort of, uh... Fishman. Yeah, like a, an alien version of the uh, Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, which apparently is played by uh, Gerard Plunkett, who played um, uh, the 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 dad. The dad from Broken Divide. Yeah, with the weird English accent, who apparently, I'm guessing the reason why they went with Irish accent, English accent after all, is because he's Irish. And they were like, well, we, you can't sound Irish, but apparently you can't do any other accent, so just be English. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because I think he did a better job acting in this when his whole face was covered than he did in Broken job. Divide. Yeah, we kept we kept saying that. I was like, damn, somehow we're still reading facial expressions despite the... Well, His eyes had, were incredibly expressive. There had to be like two layers oh, of God, plasticine yeah. uh-huh. shit on his face. <laughs> and by the way, good, good job also to the effects department because that looked because you, like fish skin. It yeah. looked real. And you could also still see movement in his yeah. face through it. Yeah, it was because they did a good job with the layering of the gill-like oh, yeah. effect around his mouth. But, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And the fake teeth. Also, okay. Oh, the fake teeth, yeah. That's something that really bugs me in TV a lot is that usually you can tell somebody has fake teeth because they can't talk right. Because mm-hmm. obviously you got shit in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I, I never really blame anybody because you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. It's always just been a little pet peeve of mine that you, can, you can't understand them as well or so on and so forth this guy the fake teeth he put in they did it exactly right because he still spoke perfectly coherently and it any, helped that he was like pausing between. exactly i'm but sure it alter- helped him right? but any alteration to his voice also was um part of the whole fish aesthetic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was just it was well done yeah i just if you have to put fake teeth in go for it but maybe make the character somebody who would speak differently anyway and that way it masks the fake teeth thing not a lot of shows that think to do that. This one did. Oh, I, I actually jumped ahead. I'm sorry. The alien did not show up yet. No, it didn't. We go to his wake first. Oh, yeah. Jeez, um, no. And uh, they're having a wake at Jack's place. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think they, they ever, I don't think they really ever specified that it's his place. We all know it is. It's just yeah. it's because we see it a few times throughout the show. Um th- it's just kind of insinuated, insinuated yeah. by the fact that he's it's leading implied, people yeah. around. No, it makes sense. And... I'm I, I'm nothing against it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of fun when you see his place. It's like, yeah, it's well, Jack's place. We did see his place in the pilot and it looked pretty right. Yeah. No, I'm, I like I said it's just kind of nice that you consistently see his yeah. place in the mm-hmm. show. Um so oh yeah, cuz then that one where he has to like fake that he's leaving, yeah, exactly. it's the same yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, they good. kept the same place for I it. I like consistent nice. sets. Yeah. It's all I need. <laughs> all right. So they're like, say it's all I need a lot, um, Sam lot, and Teal'c arrive together. Teal'c is wearing an amazing hat. What? It was like half wicker. <laughs> what? Where did they even find it? It was like, it was like a cowboy hat styled in it wicker. It was a cowboy sun hat. You know what it was? It was a chick's cowboy hat. I love it. I'm down. I, I love That's it. That's a chick with a big ol' head. Yeah, right? My favorite thing about that was the fact that it didn't even really no, cover up the thing. No, you can still see the photo. <laughs> like it worked. But it was also just... I loved it. Well, okay, it didn't hurt I that he was also fact- surrounded. They were also surrounded by Daniel's friends. They're, they're, I they're all going to be SG personnel. Well, I was going to say, I love the fact that they didn't bother to cover his head when they had to go to the hospital, like, right. four episodes ago. But now they're in Jack's house. Surrounded by SG personnel. to cover his head. We all know who he is. Yes. And that's where you do it. Maybe they were testing. They were like, sure. they're like, okay, last time we fucked up here. This way, if it doesn't work, no one will know. It's fine. But now we're going to test That's what it hats. is. They test that, and they're like, no, we can still see a little bit. Yep. That's why afterwards they yep. go to the beanies. Yep. The show is so good about the details, except for the hockey stick. <laughs> it's fine. We don't, it doesn't have to actually belong to Jack. You could have bought a second I, or something. I just love that you can see Anderson on the hockey it's stick. Great. It's like, I like how Richard Dean Anderson had a hockey stick, and they were like, of course he did. For this scene, he's like, oh, hey, guys, hey, shit, I have my own stuff. <laughs> Brings his own hockey stick to the set. <laughs> Like probably like he was probably using that between takes. No shit. Yeah, I mean like the guys between um King Arthur, uh, I'm sorry Merlin and um Primeval. Primeval used to play. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love those videos. Medieval costume, Commando, modern day. It was when Primeval was filming for the dragon episode. Ah, that's. I could recognize the um the the costuming and the setting because they were all out in the grassy areas. I was like, this is definitely the Dragon Knights episode of Primeval. But yeah, so, um, Sam and Teal'c arrive together, Teal'c's wearing the hat. Um, Sam is explaining wakes to Teal'c, because for the Jaffa, when someone dies, you're supposed to fast. Yeah, it's like that, um, it's like the Jewish practice. Yeah. The, uh, Sitting Shiva, I think it's called? I don't I think it's called Sitting Shiva. I, ugh, I don't know, I'm not Jewish. Sorry, anybody <laughs> that I'm being culturally ignorant for. Um, something along those lines, where they, uh, they don't eat they, they fast, and they also don't, don't change their clothes. It's it's the whole morning oh, process. Yeah, you, yeah. you need to do it for like 10, 20 days or something. I don't know. It's like a month or something, but it's the whole long, you know, send-off thing. And it sounds like, sounds like the Jaffa mm-hmm. practice is somewhat similar. And like, after he explains that, and Sam's like, well, we, we try to like, remember all the good times that we had with the person. It's not about like, being sad. It's about, you know, being happy about the time you did have with yeah. them. Um, Irish and, style. Drink. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, Jack shows up and he offers them food and drink. And Teal, because he's Jaffa and he's observing his version of morning, says no, thank you. But Sam wants a beer, so Jack does a terrible job pouring yeah, beer. The, the tilting glass thing is not he new. He clearly mm-hmm. never worked as a bartender. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, did you want to drink a cloud? Because here you go. <laughs> But it's a part of the plot point, because as he's pouring it and a whole bunch of foam is forming in the cup, Sam is looking into the cup, and- Oh, it was Jack! Sam's later on with the fish tank. He's looking into the cup, and the bubbles from the foam, he has a flashback of, like, 
Daniel in like he's like in darkness except for the bright red light framing him, mm-hmm. and he's just yelling for Jack. Yeah, like at that time he was yelling Jack. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that. I'm like, but he's yelling Jack now. So why did you? I have to wonder if that was like Jack's subconscious trying just to give him a thing. hint. Just thinking the same thing. It's like that was the subconscious being like fake, fake, fake news. Because fake news. <laughs> he's out of everybody on the team. He's the one who seems to be more most visibly fighting it. Yeah, because every time he says anything ever, he like frowns and like yeah. tilts his head. Which a little makes bit. sense because he was black ops. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not to mention he's you know. I'm actually I don't really, I don't really know how accurate this statement's gonna be considering we don't really know how old um Teal'c is yet or anything, but Jack is older, more mm-hmm. experienced in that kind of method, in that kind of way, so just, not just like Black Ops, but just in general. Yeah. So you just, the more life experience thing, you just are gonna well, have more background. even if Teal'c has more life experience than Jack, Teal'c was also indoctrinated. Yeah. So, that, yeah, like, Jack's just everyday, regular background just makes him a little bit less susceptible, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes complete sense. But, uh, he has a terrible flashback and walks off. Just, like, leaves in the middle of pouring the beer. Doesn't say anything to him. Uh, then we go back to Daniel and the alien shows up. Uh, refer back to everything we said about yeah. the alien. <laughs> and he reveals a tablet on a wall, uh, written in cuneiform. Um. I always, I, I, I'm not saying my way is correct. I just always want to say cuneiform. I always want, okay, here's the thing. Did you hear me pause before I said cuneiform? Yeah, because it doesn't That's sound right. I was like, mm. no, in the show they keep saying cuneiform, so mm. I cannot let my in- I know. my intuition to say cuneiform Yeah, my come instinct out. each time is cuneiform. I always want to say cuneiform. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if that's right, actually. Whatever, I'm going to go with cuneiform because that's what they said in yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those words where it sounds like they like, said a lot mm-hmm. around you. So. so he reveals a tablet on the wall to Daniel. Daniel recognizes it as cuneiform, and he has, like, this whole, oh, it's Akkadian, not Sumerian, blah, 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 huh. <laughs> Which is just Which, for those of us who don't know anything, we're like, okay. <laughs> I know enough. You know what I mean? The sense yeah. of, like, if you don't speak uh, any of that, you're just like, uh-huh, cool, moving on. <laughs> it just has to do with, like, the time period and, like, yeah. what's being written. Oh, yeah, no, I know that part. Yeah. It, just, it just amuses me. Um, And he reads it, and it says, reveal fate, O Maroka. Yep. And Daniel's like, okay. And <laughs> I kept wanting to correct him to Almondroka. It sounds so similar. Before he actually said the name, my memory was Omarosa. Omarosa, wasn't that the name of that uh, chick that worked for Trump for like a week? I think so, <laughs> but Omarosa is also like, so I don't remember where else Omarosa uh, is from. But it's very close. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel's like, I don't know what, what you want me to do with this. <laughs> no, nothing gets solved there, because he's just like pointing angrily at the tablet. Daniel's like, I don't... <laughs> like, words. <laughs> Need more. I don't know what this means. <laughs> I know, I do like how it's like what fate on Morocco. It's like okay, cool. I can cool. read this. Yeah. And and, and what he's, next? He's buddy? staring at him. <laughs> and then we go back to the wake again. And Jack is just like it's funny because there's just a little gap in between two cars about this distance. Not even you wouldn't put a car between them. Like, it was too narrow even for another car to go in. But Jack just put up, like, a little mini hockey hockey net net in between two cars parked outside of his house. And he's just hitting balls into the net. With his own, with Richard Anderson's hockey stick. Yes. And then he gets mad at one point for, like, missing a shot. And, like, knocks over the the, um, net. And then he gets really mad and just takes the stick and just wails into the the side window of one of the cars next to it. Yep, just get your car out of here! 
Hammond immediately stops the conversation he was having with someone else and walks up and goes, you all right? And I like how he handles it so well. Like, yeah. you could, that, that is the handling he, of, a, of a career military he man. He knows how upset Jack is. Oh, yeah. That was Jack's child. Plus, he's dealt with, you know, people having PTSD, I'm yep. sure, mm-hmm. with lots before, mm-hmm. so. He's just, it's not just the fact that he's patient, it's the fact that he's just so calm and just like, yep, well, this is another military breakdown. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, like, being real nice, talking to Jack about it and everything. And I think at this point, he does start, Jack starts verbally saying that he just doesn't believe Daniel's still dead. Um, so we're getting more of those little clues that- Still dead. <laughs> still dead. Well, we already saw Daniel die once. I know. I just like how it's an accurate statement that to say That might be another reason dead. Jack's fighting it more than anyone else. He's seen Daniel die already. Yep. He's like, no, this is fine. Yeah, I get his body, freeze him, find a find a sarcophagus, and we're gonna deal. Yeah. <laughs> so we pull the uh, eternity cube solution. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> twitch, twitch. Uh, okay. Oh, and then the scene cuts with like Ham being like, "Come on, let's go back inside. Let's get you something to eat." And uh, as they're walking off, Ham goes, "You know that's my car, right?" <laughs> And Jack's response is stellar. You should get that window fixed. It's beautiful. <laughs> so much Jack, tube. Jack is such a shit. I literally wrote down Jesus, Jack. That's that's literally my note. Just Jesus, Jack. <laughs> like he had no guilt. Not even a pause. He was just like, yeah, you should get that window fixed. My response would have been, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it out of your pay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Then we go back to the um the alien again, and now he's speaking broken broken English to Daniel. Yeah, he's like, oh, what what you speak? What what speech? Yeah, what speech? What speech? And Daniel at first thinks he's asking about the like said, uniform it's, again, it's and he <laughs> says what speech? And Daniel's like, oh, English. <laughs> and then he starts just repeating what fate Omaroka out loud to Daniel. I, I do love that mentality that many bad guys have in, in all kinds of media, which is just, just keep, keep saying, saying it, it, and it'll eventually somehow get you'll manage to get your response. What? It's like, although I will, you know, in this case, I think it works a lot better because he's learning English as he goes along. Oh yeah. So his speech, like you notice, he gets much better as speaking each time he comes yep. to visit Daniel. It's also, I think it sounds that's like he's like learning it so much as um he has been alone for a really long time. I think it's coming back. No, no, he doesn't know English. Well, yeah, but I'm, it was not not so much like. Okay, let me rephrase. Sorry, let me let me say that Just again. Just talking to talking someone? in better okay. <laughs> Talk, talking in better talking in better. <laughs> Hasn't been a long time for you two. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that feel of it, you know, like he's really rusty at speaking in general. Oh yeah. Oh, and that's another thing I like about um this guy's acting for this is that when he starts talking, it's not as obvious right now when he's only saying like three words. But he, like, does these little gaspy pauses between yeah, each word. Yeah, I saying that. I love that. You can just... <laughs> like he's like he usually breathes with gills or whatever, and it, it's different for him to be in yeah. an air environment yeah. communicating. Plus, he's like, yeah, because he keeps losing the air per word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Uh, and then, again, Daniel's just like, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> Stop chanting the same shit at me. God, I can't make information appear. <laughs> uh, and then we go back to the team uh, clearing out Daniel's apartment. Which, oh my god, I want to live in that apartment. It was a nice apartment. I like how it was, like, the establishing shot 
made it look like it was like in downtown mm-hmm. of whatever whatever city that I want. Was. Oh yeah, it looked like it was above a, a store. That's like prime real estate that he has there. That's a nice apartment, which is impressive considering. Except you know that it looked so like it was above a store from the way it was filmed. Well, that doesn't always necessarily mean bad things. I, unfortunately, no, yeah. no, I know, but I just I, I honestly I like that. Yeah, it's it's that very urban apartment mm-hmm. feel. And oh god, his apartment just looks so nice. It's like I want that yeah, apartment. It was exposed rafters. <laughs> yes. It was it was well lit. All this it was a nerdy nice history shit all over his apartment. My only thing is, is I know it hasn't technically been established yet in the show, but it's one of those things where if you know Daniel at all as a character, you're gonna know that he probably spends the majority of his time at work. Oh yeah. So it's pretty impressive to me that he has, for example, a tank full of fish. Mm-hmm. How are those fish not all dead? Are you telling me he comes back regularly enough to feed those things? I would say that Jack probably kicks him out of the mountain. I felt like he had, like, a maid service problem. Daniel doesn't have a maid I service. I could see him. If anything, Daniel pays, like, a neighborhood kid to come well, in and feed the fish. It's kind of like, like, like um, doctors, especially, like, when they're in their residency, uh-huh. tend to have, um, for example, they'll have uh, a laundry service. Yeah. Because they don't have time mm-hmm. to do any of that shit. I'm I just saying Daniel does service. not have a maid. Well, I'm, like, a maid, I, like, a caretaker service. I was about to say, I think he pays, like, a neighborhood but kid to come in something, and feed Something, a service. Fish. A service <laughs> yeah. of somebody to keep his shit kind of in order. It just it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that Daniel spends a lot of time in that apartment. I just found it ironic as shit that he has such a nice apartment. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you probably spend like an hour a night here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you definitely know Jack comes well, through regularly and kicks him out of SGC. I mean, did you see a bet there? I just saw a whole bunch of nerd right? shit. Exactly. Like, even Jack says this looks like a museum. Maybe he's just using it to store stuff. Oh, plenty of people have it for storage. It was mostly the fish that yeah, threw yeah. me. I bet that was, like, a housewarming gift. Yeah, I and like he was an exotic nice. fish. I'm like, why would Daniel have exotic fish? He was fish? too nice to say why. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was a weird I bet trick. Janet gave it to him, what? hoping that he would go home more if he had fish he had to take care of. Sure. I just want to start with guppies. You know, something that when you when it dies, you're like, Janet okay. didn't know him well enough yet. Exotic fish are expensive, man. She's a doctor in a in a in a like, top just, secret yeah. air force. I think she's paid decently. <laughs> it just cracked me up a little bit. The fish, it's a really good visual the, though. Yeah, the fish were just there for the colors. Of well, I would the say color. Uh, I think it was the visual cue. No, it was absolutely that. But they were tropical fish because of the color. Because it was a really good shot. Uh, But there's a great bit where uh, Sam goes to the bookshelf and finds journals for every planet. Mm -hmm. uh, Which I'm like, you filled the whole journal for a planet that you were on for maybe three hours. I like how he he probably wastes, like, I I still think that most of those journals aren't finished and he just wastes half a journal each time. Well, he's probably hoping he'll get to go back. Sure. In fact, he maybe has been able to go back because we know later on he starts, like, going out with the the nerd teams. So... Maybe it's just like, well, there's like half of this left. I'm going to insist we go back to this planet at some point. Yeah. It can happen. But I love that while she's reading through them, she finds a direct quote from the movie. I'm never going to get paid. <laughs> and that, that Colonel O'Neill thinks I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, but then uh, Sam goes in, leans in, and looks at through the fish tank that we were talking about. And I like that it films her from the other side of it. It's just a nice shot. Yeah. Because you see her looking at the tank, you see the brightly colored fish swim in front of her face, and then the air filter releases some bubbles, and she focuses in, focuses in on those. And then she also has the same flashback Jack had earlier with the beer. And she, like, yells. Yeah, um, I do like her, like, oh! And then Jack's like, what, are you okay? 
and yeah, clearly she, she looks okay. <laughs> and she describes the flashback she had, and in the middle of her describing it, Jack's like, "Yeah, I had the same one." And then Teal goes, "I've had that one too." Yeah, I like how they show Jack and um, Sam's, but Teal's just like, "Oh yes, me as well." Well, we get his later. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, remember? No. The the recording, the white noise. When Christopher Judge is making the most amazing face uh, staring at it. Yeah, well, you know what I'm remembering there is the face. <laughs> so that, that completely overshadowed anything else That for me. face was so amazing. Yeah, it was special. <laughs> okay. But, um, and because they all have the same flashback, Jack's like, there's something up with this. And he's like, we, we need to go back. He's, I don't think he's dead. And then, like, Sam's like, does that whole, like, being yanked out of her. No, he's dead, blah, blah, blah. But then just, they're like, okay, we're not, we're not going to keep doing this. Like, we're not going to keep packing up his apartment. We're going back and figuring out what's going on. Which just made me wonder about the end. Like, they send some no-name to pack up Daniel's place? They must. <laughs> Because the end of the show is that the end of the episode is them talking about how it's apparently closed out now. Unless they were just teasing him. Either or works. Yeah. So. I hope they were just teasing him because there was some, like, freaking really old, unique Well, things. I'm assuming it was packed up. But like, he, they it, thought he was dead. Why would they pack it up? Because a lot of that was They did um, at one point sensitive. talk about donating it to museums. Stuff. Well, yeah. Like the stuff that wasn't from planets. Well, in that case, at least, yeah, it would suck to lose it, but at least mm. it wasn't, like, destroyed or something. Yeah. Like, I would just be happy as long oh, as Oh, yeah, his journals of. were definitely, like, packed up and yeah. put in the mountain. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. And then we go back to the alien and Daniel, and the alien tells Daniel that his team thinks he's dead. Um, lost and, to them. Yeah, lost to them. And that Omaroka is his mate. Great, now I want to say Almond Rosa. Al- 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 now I want to say Almond Rosa. Now I, I want to say Almarosa, and then I said Almond, so now it's Almond Rosa. Okay. That's her name now, is Almond Rosa. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> then, like, just keeps... Again, like, pushing the what fate on Morocco, what fate on Morocco. Uh, and Daniel finally just has enough, and he flips the fuck out on this guy. I just love that Daniel's, like, being held captive, and he's like, no! I do love his, his, uh, why? Why? Like, he's like, you work for the gold. No! What? <laughs> why? You're lying. That's right. You deceive. Why? Why did I do that? He's like, hey, it's like he's a full-on temper tantrum. Oh, he's having a temper tantrum. It's so good. And you can even see the alien go, whoa. Like, okay, maybe not. And I do love at one point he literally says, no, no, in a scolding tone of the alien. He goes, no, no. The alien's reaction there is one we'd all have, like, okay. I just love how mad he got in that scene. It's so good. I like how Daniel has a pretty good sense of self-preservation until you annoy him, and yeah. all of a sudden it's just out the window. <laughs> Listen, mood. <laughs> What's that? I will fight God. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, he's flipping out on him. Back in, back on Earth, they're, like, trying to explain to Hammond what their problems are with, like, they're like, we, we don't think he's dead. And then Hammond would be like, oh, so you think he's alive? No, he's definitely dead. But you just said, <laughs> there's just a lot of, like, big conflict and them trying to communicate with Hammond that they have some doubts. But then they're also saying, no, no, he's definitely dead. Yeah, no. And everyone around is going, like, pick one? <laughs> and in the middle of that conversation, there's an off-world activation. And the whole team, without saying anything, just rushes off to the gate room. And they all actually see the first person who steps out, and they see Daniel. 
And then it, like, cuts to them, and then it cuts back, and it is not Daniel. It is some tall, bald-looking dude who's, like, glaring at them. All, like, rugged and, like, (laughs) Yes! They got the guy who looked the least like Daniel on purpose. I like how he just keeps bitch-glaring at them, too. Oh, no! The entire rest of the scene. And... Hammond, like, finally gets in the rap and, like, what were you doing? Why were you, why did you come here? And, like, well, we just thought it was gonna be Daniel. <laughs> yeah, we, so, we know he's dead, but he was definitely gonna come through there. What? And then, um, at the end of it, Jack tries to say, um, he's like, I think we need to go back through. And in the middle of saying it, he suddenly has this Splitting massive migraine, migraine, yeah. And Hammond's like, we're getting you out of this room, we're, we're gonna figure out what's going on. Back with Daniel and the alien. Daniel's trying to explain to him that, like, a lot of their early history has been lost. Definitely, especially, like, Babylon. Like, yeah. He's like, no, what, libraries burned down. We've lost a lot of history. We don't, we have pieces. I can't, like, tell you everything that happened in Babylon just because I have no cuneiform. <laughs> and, um, the alien goes, you are afraid. And Daniel's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. And then he's like, Omaroka was afraid. Daniel's like, wait. You could see that like, he's starting to get like, the a little start turning. niggling of a memory because he's a super nerd who remembers everything he's ever read. <laughs> and then the alien mentions Belos, who, I looked this up, and then I did not have my phone ready for this. <laughs> uh, Belos is the it's Belus or Belos and in Babylonian context refers to the Babylonian god Bel Marduk. That's a name. And uh, he was god of war. So honestly it makes sense. Well I mean Amoroso God damn it. Amaroka? Amaroka was a um Babylonian figure too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Babylonian mythology Amaroka also known as <laughs> Dalat was goddess of the salt sea and often depicted as a sea serpent or dragon. So, direct from history. Huh. Oh, Tiamat. That is not how that's spelled. Well, it's, it, it's oh. Tiamat or Thalat. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, that's not what it says here. <laughs> it's how, see, that's, that's what's weird. Where do they get Amaroka from if they have, like, Tiamat or Thalat? I don't know. But what's weird is the fact that, like, they're referencing Thalat. Thalat or whatever. Uh-huh. But the correlation to Thalat would have been Belmarduk, not Bellos. Yeah, I got nothing for you. Whatever. I have no information. But we have that they're, like, actual people. And I like the fact that she's got a a sea salt when they're a water... Salt sea. sea, When they're a water people. Yeah. It's good. It's great. It's more research than was done for Brief Candle. They just grabbed Pelops out of the air. He's not a god. really weird. I don't... Still annoys me. I was so bad about that. It's just like the more they add detail wise, like all the research and you know the background of these you know gods they're using, the more they do, the more it stands out. When they do the lazy, where they just grab a freaking yeah. name. Uh, but yeah, so real real god. There's your reference right there. And the alien thinks that Earth has been conquered by the gold because Teal'c was with their team. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's like, no, no, no. Uh, we rebelled against them a long time ago. Teal rebelled against them as well and joined us. We're we're fine. And if um, and he's like, and if Omaroka was going against the gold, then we might have her to thank for that. Like maybe she planted the seed of rebellion that traveled to Egypt later. Well, that definitely doesn't make any sense then, because Babylon was four thousand years ago, and 
<laughs> and I know you said that you know the movie was maybe chosen. <laughs> oh, they definitely um, screwed up. There, that's all I'm saying. They definitely didn't have like a historian on yeah. on like, this team. It's one thing if they had said Babylon could have been like after because yeah, the rebellion happened, mm-hmm. but that's not this, that doesn't necessarily say there weren't uh, gold left behind. Yeah. Like, so there could have been a few stragglers who continued with the guys mm-hmm. for a few thousand years until eventually all that shit died out. So it could have made sense in that context. It's annoying. Although, I guess he does just kind of preface it real quick as maybe she planted the seed. But even then, that still insinuates that he doesn't understand that Babylon was 6,000 years old. And he definitely does. Yeah, so it just doesn't Maybe quite he's make just sense. bullshitting the alien because he's like, maybe, yeah, 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 we. Yeah. Like, he's trying to create this positive yeah. correlation with Amaraka. Yeah, sure. You know, that that makes more sense, honestly. I'll take that. I'll I, take that I would because that means Daniel it's less of a fuck that. up. It makes, yeah. it makes it not a fuck up. And that it, that's just. That's kind of an unacceptable fuck up because daniel is super nerd yeah it's just it's, it's it's just a little dumb that they wouldn't have done that research so i like that yours works i'm always good at explaining it by going well they lied or well he lied yeah i mean some things are still screw ups this one's like it probably is still a screw up yeah. but at least it's kind of explainable i agree with you that i'm frustrated by these like mistakes yeah. but on the other hand the fact that they're drawing from a new history and a oh. new mythology yeah. every episode they're gonna make no, mistakes. This one's much less on the scale of, of annoyance. Yeah. Like, on a scale of one to Pelops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I said, I agree with you. But, like, on the other hand, it's the same way that, like, I want them to speak a new language on every planet. Yeah, exactly. And actually be speaking that language yeah. and everything. But it's not... Oh, that's not feasible. It's not reasonable. No, that's not that's not feasible in the slightest. It is what it is. Yep. We can just believe it's an alternate Earth. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, so then we go back to the team, and they're actually consulting with Dr. McKenzie, the asshole. Hey, Tim. He hasn't hey, even done anything Tim. terrible yet, but we just he's already know what he's going to he's do. He's already condescending. Well, he's a psychologist. I know, right? It gets really, I just, this is going to sound super bitchy, but it's kind of hard to meet a psychiatrist who isn't condescending. It kind of goes with the trade. <laughs> Yeah, but my my problem with uh, McKenzie has everything to do with what he's going to be doing oh, yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's got like this little tape recording of like white noise, ocean noise. Yeah, your ASMR crap going on in the background. And like everyone's kind of like, what? <laughs> Jack's like, can we turn this off? Yeah, I'm trying just, to concentrate. This is just annoying. <laughs> and then he goes over to the teal who's just like staring <laughs> at him. He's got the like, he's best death face. grip on the table. His face is like okay you know that okay speaking of hey a meme i know um you know the the, the one with the dog who sh- they show him the cupcakes and he goes like vietnam flashbacks now yeah that yes that's it. he's having the cupcake vietnam flashbacks his whole face is just <gasps> <gasps> oh, no. Or, no the face cats make when you put something on their head yeah just <laughs> yes that's what it is and like frozen too yes. just i the can't, blue screen can't dying <laughs> But then Teal, while he's staring at the noise-making machine, has the same flashback mm-hmm. that, um... Yeah, yeah. he gets there fine. And he stands up and shouts something in Jaffa. Probably just, like, no, stop, help, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, my child. <laughs> my nephew. Right. That is not his child. That's right, we know he's a child now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're just like, okay, well, there's clearly something going on here. I think... Mackenzie starts suggesting hypnotism at this point. Yeah, hypnosis, yeah. Um, and then we go back to Daniel, who, at the same time, has figured out, like, hey, you you said my team thinks I'm dead, yeah? And they're like, the alien's like, yeah. And like, how'd you make them think that? And he, like, says, like, oh, well, I used this machine, blah, 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 to plant memories. And Daniel's like, 
could you use that machine to help pull out memories from when I was last reading about Bellos and and Sumeria? <laughs> and the alien's actually like resistant to it. Like he's like, well, at this point, he's learned that Daniel's not a dick. Well, he's also learned that oh, this man will yell at me. <laughs> it's not. He's scared of the soft, squishy human. <laughs> And the, uh, the alien's like, oh, well, it's it's really dangerous, it'll hurt a lot. And Daniel's like, I don't care. I'm not gonna stay down here. I have to go find my wife. I think also the fact that he brought up Shade being taken right. by the gold is what really yeah. got the alien to start communicating with him right. and not like, just yelling at oh, him. Oh, it's not just me who's lost a mate. Got yeah. it. So they're, they're basically deciding, okay, we're gonna do that. Then we go back to the team. Before they actually decide to do the hypnotism... Hammond actually has an idea, and this goes back to, like, a minute into the episode. I love how they're, they are planting some seeds, like, that early, where, um, Hammond goes, how long do you guys think you were over there? And they're like, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. And he's like, you got, you were gone for almost four hours. And they're like, that's impossible. And he's like, mm. <laughs> and so, um, Jack actually manages to get through saying we should go back and as soon as he does, Sam and Teal both, no, no! we can't. Uh, everyone in the room is like, that looks like a conditioned response. Yep. So they finally figured out, okay, this is programming. Um, and Mackenzie offers the hypnotism again. And with the knowledge that, hey, this is a conditioned response, Sam's like, listen, I've done a hypnotism course before. I'll volunteer. And so she gets set up, settled in. And meanwhile, oh yeah. So she gets settled in. She has the hypnosis. And we basically do a flashback. Uh, and at first, like, she goes in and she starts having, like, the same, like, traumatic flashback that they've been having from the bubbles. And Mackenzie's like, no, no, go to before that. And, like, from, by directing it, her to go to before that, they actually see what happened. Where they walk down to the planet, they walk up to the water, they're, like, taking video, taking samples or whatever. And then they see this, um... Sorry, all I'm thinking there is you see the planet, you finally see maybe maybe why it's the planet of opposites. But it's, like, not even so no. focused on. So no. that just makes that line even worse. It's so bad. The synopsis is bad. Yes. Um, they walk up to the water and then they see something, like, bubbles approaching... Oh, nearing them through the water and they just stand there they are like two feet from the water's edge and they just stand and there watching this, this thing, thing comes out it was like guys a step back even. and it's only when an alien steps out of the water that they take like a step back right. and it's, it's like, like too fucking late at this point guys you know behave like people who want to live uh the alien like looks at all of them sees tealk walks up to tealk puts his hand on tealk's stomach I like how you say they let him do this, by the way. Yeah. Like, well, Teal did give him a look like, excuse you. Yeah, but it's like... But didn't, like, push him away or like, anything. Well, you know, this guy's gonna be like, hmm, gold, die, or something. You don't know. But yeah, just let me touch you. Fine, sure. Whatever. Well, and I like that, like, again, this guy's in heavy makeup, but, like, just from his eyes, when he puts his hand to Teal's stomach, you can see he's not happy. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he, like, steps away from all of them and then crouches in the sand and draws out some symbols. And Daniel rec- recognizes it as cuneiform, and it says, uh, are you from, are you the people who built Babylon? Something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Are you from the p- planet that, of yeah. Babylon? Daniel crouches down and draws cuneiform back, assumedly saying yes. By the way, this, uh, fish man lucked out. That what were had- the chances <laughs> yeah, that the people who arrived, the strangers that randomly arrived, happened to be from the one planet? <laughs> also, the fact that they happen to have one of... 50 people right. who read cuneiform. Right, right. Because I remember when right. I, it might, it might be more at this point, but I remember the last time I looked this up, 
to see how many people know how to read cuneiform. It was like, like, like 50 without reference people. material. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have one of the 50 people. Yeah, that's like the chances of all of that had to be like Guaranteed one in several million. Anyone else on that t- anyone else in SGC going through nah. whether they had a linguist or not? I don't know what that is. Yeah. What would that guy's reaction have been if, he did, if they didn't understand? <laughs> well, he probably would have assumed they weren't from Babylon. I, get, I hope so. If they can't read cuneiform. Yeah, but uh, you're just hoping that he <laughs> would not be pissed off and, you know. But when, oh, and I do love that when Daniel draws out his response, the, the camera actually, like, pans across his response like the viewers at home can read cuneiform. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there was, like, one viewer who was like, oh, look at that. And even the syntax is correct. Well done. (laughs) And then he uh, confirms it, and the alien freaks out after he reads it and, like, does this, like, air blast, which he did earlier to Daniel when Daniel was yelling at him. uh, And it knocks all of them out. Then she screech he does. Yeah. It's a good sound. It's a creepy, scary sound. It's It's well done. It's this, like, gaspy. It's real good. Then she starts having these really sporadic, like, really disorienting flashbacks of them being in the underwater cave laboratory thing that Daniel's in right now, and them being hooked up to some machine and having lights flash in their eyes, and, and it's, like, super, super disjointed. And then in the middle of that, they're seeing bubbles, which is where we're getting the, the um, triggering of the bubbles with the flashback, and then she has, like, the actual trigger flashback and then she like jolts out of the hypnosis and then she's like oh my god we left him there we left him there and i like that jack goes over and comforts her and everything but they're basically like we we have to go back and get him (laughs) yep now that they know that daniel's not dead we're going back now like there's no question hammond we're going back now (laughs) never you mind that something is capable of you know capturing and memory altering us it's fine we know this now (laughs) well i mean i would okay again like they're not thinking logically right now they're just gonna get their teammate back but i would argue the fact that he just reprogrammed their minds instead of killing them i don't disagree i'm just saying never mind the fact that it's still a dangerous situation like i said they're not thinking logically if they did pause to think logically they might go, well, he could have killed us. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they go back through. In the meantime, uh, Daniel's been plugged into the same machine. And, like, he starts reciting where he read Omaroka from. And he gets a little bit of it, and then he can't remember. So the guy turns, turns it, up it up more, and it's hurting him clearly. And he gets, like, a little more, and then dials it up again. Yeah. God, his his nerves up, in, up there have to be fried because there's yeah, that he's had the um the palm device used on him twice so far he keeps getting that palm device used on him yeah that's, that was always my joke from like supernatural is that um sam always has head trauma mm-hmm. but it's kind of just like an accepted fan theory that cast is just kind of consistently healing the shit out of them sure but yeah so he gets his nerves fried yeah <laughs> and he remembers everything and he remembers that omaroka was killed yeah by struck down by Belos. yeah Tor- uh, torn asunder Torn asunder, right? Yeah, oh, split asunder. Sorry, yeah, not, not, not even killed, but like sliced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how the person who recorded this. Granted, you should record things as it happens uh-huh. because, like, you know, plus, I get that. But it's just like that person's just like, yeah. By the way, <laughs> yeah. But I do love that as soon as he figures out that she died, despite the fact that he's in an agonizing pain right now, yeah, he like, gets upset yeah, for the alien. Yeah. Like he's like, oh god, I'm so sorry. Like he's like upset for, yeah. and he's in excruciating pain right now. But the moment he like has all of the story, the alien turns it off. He's like, I'm not gonna keep hurting you. <laughs> like I have what I want. Because it's very, it's very important the fact that like 
Daniel was the one to suggest using this mm-hmm. on him, and the alien fought him on this. Mm-hmm. Like by then, he had an understanding with Daniel. He didn't they had want to developed hurt Daniel a bit of rapport. For it. By yeah, then, yes. Daniel's very good at that. Yep, he formed even with the bounty hunter in that one yep. episode. That's probably like Stockholm syndrome. Anything though. I love that episode. <laughs> oh my god! What is that season four or something? Somewhere up there. It's so late. But yeah, so. He's like, you know, he has his information. He's not happy about it, but at least he knows now. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the team is walking back through the gate. They're walking up to the water. They're trying to figure out, how are we going to find Daniel? <laughs> the same watery, uh, bubbly jet thing starts approaching them, and the alien steps out, and they're, like, ready to fight this time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Daniel, I love that this guy just left Daniel on there instead of bringing Daniel out. <laughs> But he at least turned off, like, whatever force field was keeping Daniel out, because Daniel figures out that he can actually exit through the, what looks like a window. It's some sort of permeable force field that he can, as he goes through it, he winds up in water. Yeah. Which is really cool. Oh, it was. I love it. Even with and little... for the CGI, he did a, for how old the CGI is, the CGI is not bad for the no, transference it, it, it between. It holds up okay. Yeah. With the understanding that this is early 90s, uh, it's decent well, CGI. And, and because um, water's hard. CGI is hard. Yeah. But <laughs> so, that cat's trailer proves it. Oh, God. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> but uh, meanwhile, he comes out of the water, and I started laughing so hard. I had to have you rewind. He comes out of the water like Ariel from Little Mermaid. Super fucking dramatic. Just, <sighs> and then he frog paddles over to them. He's like, oh my god, he's frog paddling. But he comes out of the water like, don't shoot, don't shoot. <laughs> that water had to be hella fucking cold. Oh god, Canada. yeah. Oh. And he basically like, listen, he's fine. You know, basically they resolved like, hey, thanks for everything that Omaroka did. I'm sorry that, you know. She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> sorry yeah. I spent 4,000 years hoping. <laughs> yeah. But basically, you know, they resolve everything. And they're like, okay, bye. Right. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to come. I feel like they would come back. Like send another team. Yeah. Although the guy'd probably be like, "Where's Daniel?" <laughs> it's really, we've been saying four. I've been saying four thousand years this entire time. It was four thousand BC. There so you it's go. Actually, no, here's the thing: six thousand years ago, <laughs> I've been saying this wrong this entire time. It's still better than the the four thousand years. Yeah, it would've been like two thousand BC. Right. Um. And as they're walking, and the the scene cuts out with them walking back to the gate, and it like I love the camera shots that like pulls really far back, so like you can't see their faces or anything. You just see them all walking together, but yeah. you have the audio of them talking, and um. There's like Daniel being like he gestures out at the water. He's like, this is a long story. And Jack's like, oh, you can tell us over sushi. <laughs> and Daniel's like, ha. Right. And he's like, I just really want a bed. Right. And Daniel, and Jack's like, oh, about that apartment. And you just hear Daniel go, oh, you, you didn't. didn't. <laughs> so indignant. And then um, Sam like tries to like calm him down about, oh, we had a really nice memorial for you. Jack said, oh, oh, the colonel said some really nice things. He goes, he did? Pause. He He did? did? (laughs) It's a great ending. And that's how it ends. I mean, their endings tend to be pretty on point. I love them. I feel like that was really the the Brad Wright uh, touch, is the 
we don't get a lot of the team um, banter in yeah. this episode because they're kind of all split off. Yeah, right. They're kind of the separated. Yeah. yeah. And the ones who are together are in shock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're either split or mourning. Uh, but that's definitely a bit of the... Because um, I think so far the ones who show the best banter... Because I love uh, Robert, Robert C. Cooper. Mm-hmm. I think he's my favorite writer. He's my dude. <laughs> I think he's my favorite writer for the episodes, but I do think that Brad Wright and Jonathan Glasner have the best team banter. I can go with that. Although you haven't seen uh, <laughs> SGA's banter yet. Well, I would say that, like, Glasner and, and Wright were responsible for developing it in the first place, yeah. so they would have the best handle on it. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, for SG1, they oh, have SG1, the best yeah, banter. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, so it's just a really great, like, pan out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's the episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. Like I said, it's just... Nice, good, normal kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> normal for SG one kind of episode. I <laughs> think like, a normal episode. Any media has fishmen in it, so it's fine. All right. Uh, so we want to give this a thumbs up, thumbs oh, yeah. down, thumbs yeah, up, thumbs yeah. up. I like this episode. Solid episode. It was a solid. I've never episode. had bad memories about this episode. It's just a good, solid yeah. episode. Uh, so here's where we get the. Uh, well, mm, actually, you know what? Let's leave this for last. So Jack or Daniel? Hmm. I'd probably be Jack. Just because mm-hmm. that, like, the way he reacted to everything, yeah. that's more along my line of uh, reaction. Like, I've definitely broken shit when I've been upset. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely... So I... Uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, some, some, somebody I knew died, and I lost my shit. <laughs> it's like a cousin or something. I don't remember what it was. All I remember is I was pretty damn upset, and I broke oh, some stuff. <laughs> See, I've only ever been uncomfortable at funerals, so... Oh, it wasn't I think I'm gonna have to be Daniel, especially because of that whole thing where I was like, yeah, I'd yell it. I'd yell at this fucking alien. I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably do that too, but I'm definitely more Jack, I think. In this Again, one. it's the whole death cure example I gave you where yep. I would just sit there throwing shit like I'm mad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm yeah, I, I've, I've never really broken anything for being, I just yell instead. So, yeah, I guess I'm a Daniel again. Shocker. Shocker, right? I know. Well, someday we're going to have another one where we do the wild flip like we did for, um, I don't even remember what episode it was. Thor's Hammer. No. Nope, sorry. No, nope, one minute. Nope. Um, uh, Tantalus? Tantalus. Tantalus. Yes, that's the one. The other T. It was the one right before Thor's Hammer. Yeah. But yeah, so, I'm a Daniel, you're a Jack. So here's where we have the real discussion. Mm-hmm. Death tally. Kind of one. <laughs> Does it count as a death if he didn't actually die? No. I would argue that if they have a memorial, it counts. Well, I mean... If they legally get declared dead, it counts. Yeah, but... There's legally dead and there's actually dead. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna but our death tally this. does not say legally or actually. It just says death tally. Yeah, but he didn't die, so it was all it was all of that. It was all a ruse. See, my thing is that at no point did he himself did his heart flatline. Therefore, in my opinion, he's not dead. Like not even in terms of like an alternate reality or in terms okay. of a of a of a virtual reality. Right. At no point does he can himself I offer, consider himself dead. Can I offer a um a compromise here? We have the regular tally, and then we have. How many times does someone get declared dead? There you go. Yeah. Now, in terms of- I think it's only Daniel, but- And Daniel's already got two at this point. Yeah. (laughs) For me, death is destruction of self. His self was never destructed, so- Alright, so we won't- He didn't die in this one, but we are going to create a new side tally- um, on that same page, that number of, and it's not going to be by episode, it's just going to be, like, the act, the characters, number of times they've been declared legally dead. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, the death Which tally I'm this one pretty is pretty sure only... it's only gonna be Daniel for this one, but it's we'll we'll see. <laughs> Just to piss you off, for me, my death tally for this is one. Amaroka. She died four thousand years ago. <laughs> is Amaroka on SG one? 
No, but that's why I always do. There's always like one. The mouth died. This, but died. you didn't die on the episode, died. so your argument doesn't work. Yeah, but I'm still gonna go with it. <laughs> nope. Um. So, uh, she was declared dead here. So that was this. Yep. <laughs> that was fire and water. Yep. Um. Honestly, next... kind of a piss poor name. Now that you think about it. Yeah, it's not. Like, okay, what I was going to say is that, like, fire and water, like, there's the obvious them thinking that there's, like, lava, and then it's actually a water place. Yeah. But then there's also... I think I never once see fucking lava. I think it's just... I think they were just playing on the whole conflict, where, they're, like, they're remembering one thing, but their their hearts are telling them one thing, but yeah. their minds are telling them another. I think it was literally just, like, a uh, metaphorical version. Sure. I'll take it. But it's also, and it's still better than uh, Funeral for a Friend, yeah. which was the attendant title. That's way too, uh, yeah. I, maybe they went with Fire and Water because someone pointed out, that's a terrible name, and they're like, fuck, fuck, we need a new name. Honestly. <laughs> they just scrambled. But uh, next week, uh, we're going to see episode 12, The Knox. Finally. Uh-huh. Finally. Jesus. Guess uh. who's back? Oh, God, who? What? Who? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. The way you said it made me think of like like a bad writer or no. something. I was thinking like someone we hate, like no, a bad I don't, writer. I don't remember who wrote that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, now Papa's is finally back, mm-hmm. and Armin Shimmerin <laughs> makes an appearance as uh, the lead Knox dude. I look forward to spending most of that episode just righteously pissed off. Oh yeah, at the Knox. Like we had I, that conversation I feel before. Like we're gonna have a lot of discussion about their um their ideals yeah, versus their, reality. Their, their morality <laughs> yeah. is pretty shit. Like, oh, we're better. It's like, go fuck yourself. Their their (laughs) ideals are not realistic. No, they're Um, stupid and they're highfalutin. But I do do still like their relationship with SG-1 at the end. That they, like, they still don't agree with SG-1, but they resolved with SG-1. You know, it's, you know what they are? (laughs) They are, like, people who talk about the Amazon, the undiscovered, um, the uncontacted tribes, where they're kind of like, Except like is it it's 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 if we contacted a tribe it's okay no wait okay I'm gonna start all over so again this is like people dealing with tribes mm-hmm. of people that we've contacted yeah. where we're just we go up to them and we're just like okay so we're better than you yeah and we're gonna give you the, oh you don't want, okay well you know what we're just gonna let you do your thing but we're gonna be over here the entire time making sure you understand yeah. that we're superior. And then they and then they go ahead and go like, oh well, we'll hide ourselves, we'll we'll stay aside, like you know, we're gonna let you develop on your own. Except now you know about us, so now you're aware that we're just full of shit. I hate them. They're yeah, so full of it's, themselves. It's frustrating, but like I would also argue that the fact that they have this issue with the Nox, and then we see the Tolan later on, right. and then when we actually meet the As the Asgardians and everything, mm-hmm. I like the fact that even these um, benevolent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ancient alien, yeah, they're flawed. They're real people, real assholes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the Asgard. Are super. I love how the Asgard do it because the Asgard compromise things really well. They won't give us the technology, and like when they do, like they let, like they want like a person on a ship, like to kind of you know keep an eye on things. They won't give us that, but they will compromise. The Asgard are definitely the most reasonable, Mm -hmm. but they do also have their own issues. Right? Yeah. but theirs are more like understandable. Well, they're they're the Star Trek of this show. They're yeah. the prime directive people. Yeah, but they don't. They hold themselves more time. apart. Well, they're one of the ancient ancient. I like ancient. <laughs> <laughs> they're one of the ancient four, so they would have a better grasp. Yeah. of uh, how how to um that if you have a relationship between two species and one is clearly technologically superior, there's such a thing as acknowledging the technological yeah. superiority mm-hmm. without being superior. Absolutely. Because they're not superior as people. No. They just know more. Mm-hmm. And they don't 
act like dicks about it. No, which I, is what I need. Yeah. When no, I absolutely like love it, the like, Asgardians. Just because you have more knowledge does not mean you're better. Ignorance does not bespeak inferiority. Ignorance means we haven't gotten there yet. So I just, it pisses me off people judge cultures based mm-hmm. on their ignorance. It's like, ignorance is not stupidity. Ignorance is not inferiority. It just means they haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. It just drives me crazy. I hate the Nox. I hate them so much. <laughs> but I love the Asgard. So. Yeah. I, I tend to not have as much of a problem with the Nox just because I like the, um... The I, narrative parallels. Oh, no, that part's fine. From a story standpoint, yeah. it's great. And also, I love their aesthetic. Yeah. I just, I grew up with I'm people so weak just for like that. I grew up pe- yeah, with I knowing people. So oh, God. That's that why you've of, got that, that level that, of arrogance. Um, chip on the shoulder. I got a chip on the shoulder, yeah. man. Because it's that level of arrogance that's just like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't even want to bother spending time trying to explain to you how I'm an equal person. Because you're not worth it. Because you're just that superior at that point. Just, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't need you. Yeah. I don't need that's you. That's where it's Go not away. worth it. Yeah. Well, there's. I think there's a reason that we after the Tolan. Talk. Yeah. I think there's a reason that after the Tolan, we don't see the Nox again. Right. Because yeah. there's no real compromise that can be made. No, with that's them. what it is. I feel like the Nox were literally just introduced so that there would be a place for the Tolan. Yeah. Go. I feel like when you. Well, and also so we could have a pop right. again. When you reach a certain level of uh, quote unquote superiority, when you reach a certain level of intelligence or technological whatever, what have you, when you reach that level, it's almost like it starts over again and you're just talking to somebody really, really dumb. Because it's like that joke oh, with yeah. I'm trying, it's talking to somebody stupid, it's like trying to play chess with a pigeon. No matter what you do, it's going to shit all over the board and straight around like it won. No matter what you do when you're talking to a superior person, they're not going to see your point of view mm-hmm. because they're just so much better than you. Well, I'll argue, like, mm-hmm. um, um, it's not an argument, but, like, um, a a physical example of this was in Thor's Hammer. Yeah. When they had the uh, magic over the cave that prevents all weapons from working. And it only prevents energy weapons right? from working. It's like, it's like Asgard, come on. <laughs> you kind of forget something there. Because it's sometimes just, superior like is it. not better. Yeah, exactly. Superior isn't always superior. I appreciate it. It's just, it's, no, in terms of, like, storytelling, in terms of, like, first step for the four ancient races and all that stuff, that part's great. Yeah. I just, that whole understanding shtick Mm -hmm. that they play the entire time does not fly for me. (laughs) But, yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah, it's a a very good episode. I love Armin Shimmerman. Oh, God, yes. In terms of acting, in terms of how he does the character, that part's amazing mm-hmm. he does a great job oh, yeah. and watching apophis get pissed off yes. is great i am a very happy person in the episode while hating on the other yeah, level you're allo- the yeah, people you're absolutely allowed but to. i acknowledge the episode itself is actually pretty good well i mean like you're allowed to get mad about this one there's episodes where um the ideologies being presented get me really freaking yeah. angry yeah. so like we both got as long as we can acknowledge whether or not the episode is good or bad despite whatever we're personal the same issue. person yeah but we have different triggers, right? For me, it's just all about whether or not your personal preference, uh, personal uh, feelings about like a certain thing. Yeah. Whether or not they color how you see an episode, for yeah. example. Like yeah. I, can all, I, I can still acknowledge the episode's good, mm-hmm. and I can still acknowledge all these good things. I may hate this one aspect, but that's because I don't like how something is portrayed, mm-hmm. or this or this or this, and it has nothing to do with the acting or the episode itself. Yeah. So as long yeah, as you, as long as you don't get like overboard, the royal you doesn't get overboard. It's cool. That's why I was willing to compromise Brief Candle to a, a mediocre episode. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, okay, there was like three really good moments in it, but it's a very nothing episode. Right, overall. right. <laughs> Nox is, thankfully, Nox is not really a nothing episode. No, no, it's not. Because it sets up a lot. I would argue that out of everything we've seen so far, Brief Candle is the most boring one. Yeah, that's, it's the most nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's the most nothing. Which is why it's the only meh episode. Yep. But yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that's, that's going to be next week. We're definitely going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss and Liss at It's Liss Not Mel or our podcast, Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. You can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on our Incursion Through the Iris, and until next week. Bye!